This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. <laughs> My wife is going to annihilate you on your singing voice, bud. I know. Your wife listens to this too? Uh, hardcore, dude. Oh, I can't. Man. I, I guarantee need, when we go live in 10 minutes. No, she's well, going to be well, on. Well, no, it's past her bedtime. She, She's safe. Yeah. We're safe. Yeah, just like I said a couple episodes, we did three tonight um, just because I got a baby coming soon. and uh, You're not the only one. Let yeah. me tell you about this. So you know that meme that goes around with that giant 10-point buck? Yeah. It says, be careful what you do on Valentine's Day. Yeah, better believe that. Yeah, let me tell you something. My wife's birthday is Valentine's Day. Somebody messed up. <laughs> yeah. Daddy's uh, got a new present coming. November 9th, boys. Can peak, you t- peak rut. Yeah. I was say, can you pick a better day to be in the stand? Cody, Cody what's the your 12th. day? November 12th? Yeah, 12th. Okay, Mark Drury's November 7th, so I'll, shit, I'll just pick the middle and have a baby. <laughs> Good plan, man. Good plan. No, uh, we're super excited. Uh, I'll let you guys know exactly what we're going to have. We're hoping for a girl, but we're super pumped up. I'll let you know what I'm having in like a couple weeks when we release. Oh, yeah. It'll be like two weeks after this. Yeah. No, no. Maybe a week. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah you'll be all right. Yeah. All right, guys. Here we go. We have Logan from Real World Food Plots. And this is another note taker, dude. We got a lot of note takers. Tonight. I know. Uh, it was good. It was a good time. Can we can we get in with the pencil company? Yeah. Whitetail Legacy yeah. sponsored pencils. Yeah, I know. We we uh we did we we did we covered a lot on this. If anybody's planting a spring food plot, um, this is a, a good episode to get in and get some details on. Um, we did we covered from from spring to fall to bedding cover to plot screens to funneling. A lot of good, a lot of good details in this. Um, check out uh, Real World Food Plots. Um, we got Logan's contact 
information at the end of this. If you just want to, like, uh, just fast forward all the way to the end to get it, just go ahead and <laughs> hit that little scroll button and scroll. It says plus 15 on iTunes. Yeah, and scroll by it, and then you can get right to the end. But anyways, um, uh, we appreciate you coming on, Logan. Hope you had a good time. Uh, I think you got a lot of good information out there to people that want to plant plots. I know me and Homie took a lot of notes. If if you guys listen want somebody to come on again, which we pretty much tell them we did not cover everything that we wanted to cover, and you're probably going to have to come on again already. If you guys really want them to come back on, send us some questions, whether you hit whitetail underscore legacy at Yahoo or you uh, message us on Facebook. And when we have them back on, you know, like it'd be pretty nice to have Logan back on uh, early fall, yeah. late summer, really going to get fall. get back into them pop them plots again. You yeah. know, uh, get the details on them. Uh, we kind of hit the uh, early spring summer plots. Uh, we did touch a little bit on the fall plots, so I don't get worried. But um, I do think we should probably try to have him on again, like you know, middle of September. Yeah. So, um, just if you guys have any questions that we didn't cover that you guys want covered. Hit us up. We'll we'll get him out there to him. All right, guys. We're going to start right off with our partners. We got Ingram's Outdoor Obsession. Um, uh, by this time, we both took turkeys to him. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. This is recorded earlier. I'm just putting that out there that we did because tomorrow I'm going to smoke one. Um, like I said, a couple of episodes. Ingram smoked his first turkey today. Looked like a nice one. Props to you, bud. Um, I'm. I'm pumped to get my drop time buck back. I know you're pumped to get Ghost back, and uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to put one down October second to take. I've been meaning to ask you this um, on your nine point, your full sneak. Oh yeah, I mean he's I way got, out. There. Yeah, I was saying I got that you're pumped, one too. You're pumped yeah. about this eight point drop time. Like I got who the cares? Buck who cares? Time. Yeah. Um, this other deer you got there, full sneak. Mm-hmm. Are you getting it turned a certain way, or is is, th- is he just coming straight out? Straight out. Dude, that thing is going to be giant. Yeah, straight out, full sneak, just like wow. I shot him. Wow. <clears throat> I'm pumped about it. It's going to be cool looking uh, out. I ain't got a full sneak. That's something different. Okay, so he's going in the studio on this post. There's no way he's fitting in your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we can only have one guest at a time in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's if we had the full body elk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Or yeah. the shoulder mount elk. Shoulder mount elk, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Getting right into ECW calls. You know what I'm going to talk about on this one? We've been hitting the yeah. turkey calls hard. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the grunt tube on this one because that's something I want to I want to get. I want to get – he's got that cherry wood looking one, the real right. dark red, kind of real nice. And then I'd like to get one engraved with my kid's name. He's he's two and a half, so he'd, he'd love to blow that thing around he'd the house blow and it. drive the wife crazy. <laughs> That's pre- <laughs> that's a definite, <laughs> definite birthday present. You know what you need with a new baby in the house? An, a grunt, a grunt tube. <laughs> A grunt tube. <laughs> definitely going to happen. Um, yeah, get his name engraved, you know, and then maybe just put the date as his first grunt tube, you know. Right. And then his birthday is October 1st, or October uh, 4th, I'm sorry. Oh, dude, right. you better hope she don't listen to this because no. she's going to eat you no. up. She forgot my... She forgot my we went to a place where she had to type my birth date in. She forgot it. <laughs> forgot it. She was off by five days. Oh, wow. That ain't even close. <laughs> it's, her, it's her birthday yesterday. You right. Know, I did all this stuff. Or I think I got like two t-shirts on my birthday. No big deal. 
<laughs> anyway, just brushing over to that now. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So hopefully, I'm gonna get him one for his birthday for sure. Um, and I love that you can get it custom engraved for that for the price range that it is. And then you know it's not just a grunt tube; it's an estrus call and everything all in right, one. Right, right. So, it's got the estrus, the doble. Yeah. The young buck, the mul- the yeah. mature buck, you know. And just a simple, quick yeah. change of the You know, like the a band. lot of calls, just change the band and yeah, you're good man, to go on the reed. So He's right in there. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped to get some of those out. And uh, I think I might get one White Hill Legacy podcast engraved with a little logo on it. You yeah, know? I, I think I'm along with you. Uh, I'll probably get eight in one. It'll be his Christmas present. And then I'm probably going to get myself one for the, for yeah. the deer season. Yeah, it'd be sweet. And All then... Right. I mean, he he does more than that. He does. He's got the duck. Yeah. He's got the goose. He's I mean, got, you trying to get you trying to get on. anything goose? I don't know. I might try. Are you it, you might, saving that? I might try the goose. I don't know. I I didn't people hear. Gonna I didn't make, hear. People are gonna make fun of me, but I can't blow a goose call. I would say I didn't hear no goose there at Elmwood, but <clears> I can't. It, I according can't to everything else, call, yeah. it's probably gonna be on point. Yeah, Dallas is gonna buy one of the Jack Daniels duck calls. Oh hell yeah, yes! One of the whiskey barrel duck calls. The guy gets he makes a hundred whiskey barrel duck calls a year, and he marks them one through a hundred. And uh, was it a hundred? I thought that was like one fifty. Oh, was it one fifty? I don't. I'd have to go back and listen to the yeah. details. But uh, yeah, I mean a hundred to one hundred fifty calls a year, and uh, he actually puts the shavings of the whiskey barrel in the box, and you can smell the whiskey barrel, which is super cool. It's super cool look of the wood and it's the angry duck so I yeah mean, it's all engraved it's ducks love it top notch. it's too late absolutely so we're gonna get right into the veteran broadhead um go ahead and hit up with some veteran talk while i pull this vip shot up up veteran broadhead red white and blue american meat missile it has a cutting width Starting at an inch and a quarter. Starting at Not an inch diameter, and a quarter. Width. Yeah. That's something you, we learned on the last I'm going to say if you paid attention, you're going to be up to speed with what we're doing. All right, guys. We got, for the VIP veteran broadhead shout-out, we got Michael Dodd. He's a nine-year U.S. Army Airborne Infantry. He was sta- stationed in Fort Drum, New Jersey, with the 10th Mountain Division and was on the initial assault on off Afghan Operation Enduring Freedom 1, Operation Anaconda 1, then back to Italy, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Northern Delay, and Task Force Viking. Task Force Viking consists of 50 individual Special Force Operational Detachments Alpha. Formerly known as A Team, so this guy was on the A Team. This guy sounds like a badass. What yeah. he sounds like. On March twenty second, the hundred and seventy third made a combat jump on Bashard Bashur Airfield, forty miles north of the Green Line, and that was the largest combat jump air assault since World War Two, and he was involved in that. This guy has. Jumped out of a lot of airplanes. I was say, he's jumping out of planes? Yeah, and I would not want to be the guy that's trying to date his daughter. That's all I'm trying to say. Oh. <laughs> this guy, he he's he, nine years of jumping out of airplanes. So, Airborne Infantry, we can't thank you enough for what you did for us so we can send this podcast out. Um, big thanks from me, 
my family and the White Tail Legacy podcast family. Um, we're gonna get I, right into this. Oh, you got something? Go ahead. Yeah, I just, I just hope people really understand how sincere we are on this VIP veteran broadhead shout out. Um, the messages we're getting along with, um, recognizing people for their service, um, is just truly humbling. Um, you know, the number is twenty two veterans a day commit suicide and. I mean, that has got to change. It's got to get lower. Uh, you know, there's homeless veterans, which blows my mind. Um, I'm sure there's numerous charities and organizations and stuff that help these people. And, you know, a little bit of work on our part, we'll be able to find them and bring them to the normal person and we can help these people out. One thing I will say also is we do this shout out and uh we think it's a very small thing but the messages that we're getting from veterans it means a lot to them. So if you see that guy that has a Vietnam veteran hat just shake his hand and say, "Hey man, thanks for your service." Cuz it means a lot more to them to know that someone actually appreciates what they did or even someone that you know is active right now say, "Hey man, I really appreciate what you're doing for me. I know that it, it you know, it isn't easy, you know, and they appreciate that more than I even recognize. But doing this podcast and the messages that we get, I've, I'm understanding that. Yeah, so. we we've shouted out a couple people, and they've messaged me and was like, you know, you guys sound really sincere. Like I've had people come up and tell me, hey, you know, thank you for your service and this and that, and but the way that you guys say it or you know just something about the way that it that it goes down here on this podcast um is different and it struck him different and uh it was really nice to get that feedback and you know it just makes us want to to shout out people more and you know find out more about the ways that we can help um lower that number of 22 veterans a day and uh, i just want to just want to do a quick shout out that ECW and the Veteran Broadhead is a veteran-owned, veteran-operated company partner of this podcast. Yeah. So we we represent all you guys. If you are a veteran and you want to do, or you know someone that deserves this shout out, veteran or active, um, check us out on our our email whitetail underscore legacy at Yahoo or message us on Facebook at Whitetail Legacy. We're gonna get right into this podcast and uh, let Logan tell you guys about. Some food plots. All right, guys, we got Logan on the line from Real World Food Plots. How you doing tonight, Logan? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, we got Homie in studio as always. I'm doing awesome. He's over there in the retro real tree hoodie. You know, I wear, I wear this quite a bit. This <laughs> yeah, hoodie quite a bit. Solid. I'm trying to get some good age on it, get the shiny off of it. Yeah, but a, I don't yeah, think, get it nice and get it nice and faded. Right. You know? I don't think a lot of people understand what it is. Yeah. When they look at me wearing it. Yeah. I, that's just the way I feel. They, I mean, they might be like, okay, yeah, but no, I don't. I don't feel like they actually understand. <laughs> is, that, is that same reaction the deer get? They're like, what is that? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> no, that because a- if you see any old real tree videos, like their camo looks sweet. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. It's probably that's like- why I'm trying to get that age on it. <laughs> yeah, you got to get you got to get broke in. Yeah, you got to get broke in. Sweet buck five hat rocket over there. Anyways, we're getting into this uh, podcast. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna just give you an informational podcast, but we're gonna throw some deer stories in here because we're white tail legacy podcast, and that is what we like to do. This is going to be all about food plots. 
Um, and we got the guy on the line. Thanks for reaching out to us for coming on, man. We appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're pumped. Appreciate to get you guys having me. We're gonna we're gonna jot some notes down because homie's gonna be putting a food plot out this year and uh, putting down a giant on it, and it's gonna be because of Logan. So, <laughs> hope so. Hope so. So that here we go. We uh we're we're right around that spring season, you know, people getting their spring plots out. So in your opinion, what is the best spring food plot that you could put out? So so like what we kinda do too is is we do so we kinda do our spring plot more or less in the fall. Is we do we do like a we drill in our like some winter wheat and with some brashkas and they'll be coming up already. You know, they're coming up in our clover. You know, we drilled them right in with our clover. And that stuff's already coming up. So as soon as that stuff's coming up, you know, the deer are going to start munching on all that as with the standing beans and stuff that's left over. But I think your, I think your clovers and stuff are, you know, that's the first thing that's going to be coming up your perennials. And I mean, another one that I I've seen good uh, guys have really good luck with is the, uh, and a lot of people don't use it is uh chufa. So I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Um, it's actually, it's like a, almost like kind of like a, it's like a little pot almost. And it grows like in the dirt, but you plant it and turkeys love it. So if you want to do like a little, little chunk to where, you know, you can bring the turkeys and the deer and the deer will dig it up too. Cause we, <laughs> uh, a guy I know planted it and I didn't know what it was at the time. And I mean, it's like, they look like a chisel plow field where the deer and turkey been digging the stuff up. So I think that, I think that's something a lot of guys don't, you know, think about, and that's something you plant chufa, you plant that in the fall, like you do, you know, fall, late, late summer, fall, like any other, you know, food plot. So, I mean, I think a lot of times planting that stuff in the fall, getting ready for your spring in the fall, you know, late fall, you know, September, maybe beginning October. I know you don't want to be in your woods too much, but if you can get in there with a tractor, you're not going to, you know, bust all the deer out. So, yeah, that's super cool. I've never heard of Chufa. We 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 jotted that down in our notes. I want to say that this will be another note taker. We got some yeah. takers back to back. So, yeah. so that, well, I mean, and this is and it was and it's all and this has all been you know this has all been just a learning experience for me as well. You know, I mean, seeing talking to other people, finding out what they're using, you know, compared to you know what you read online because there's a lot of information out there. You know, um you can get on, you can get on a lot of, even like a lot of websites, like real world's website. They, they really, and I think that's why I gravitated towards them is they, I mean, it tells you everything you need to do to plant it, to spray it, you know, what you can spray on them, everything like that. It really makes it so you can control, have a little more control in your plots because weeds are the enemy <laughs> in yeah. a sense, because it's really hard to plant some of this stuff and, and try to keep the weeds out. Yeah, I planted about a half acre of beans um, two years ago, and uh, I had this stuff that I I want to I call it velvet leaf. I don't know if you have that, but it's like a leaf that's kind of like like velvety. It's got like a I know what you're on. talking about. It's yeah, kinda, but it, it doesn't get very tall though, does no, it? No, and it just yeah. overrun those beans, and they didn't. Eat, mm-hmm. I mean, they got about three four inches tall, and they were done. So, like you said, yeah. weed control is a major factor because if you once you spend the money for a half acre of beans, soybeans, oh yeah, and then you, you lose it, you, don't, yeah. you learn real quick. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you learn that you don't you don't yeah. want to do that again. You don't want to do well, that again. So, and I think that that's another thing. You know, I was I was pretty naive in a sense. Like I didn't know what spray, like what to use on what. You know, if you can get Roundup Ready beans, 
you know, all real worlds are, it's, I can't think of the actual term of what it's resist, you know, it's pretty much roundup. It's the base, the base component in roundup, but roundup, you know, a lot of people don't they always warn like, Oh, it's going to be in the dirt. You know, it's, it's only a contact, you know, it only kills what it comes in contact with and broad in its broad leaf. You know, if you have roundup ready soybeans, you know, it's not going to hurt your beans sprayed at the right rate, you know, but it says it right on the bottle. So yeah, yeah <laughs> I did that. And then I sprayed it too hot. <laughs> yeah. <smoke>. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I normally, I normally am pretty, I'm pretty self-conscious when I go to spray beans and stuff. I, I, I always talk to my father-in-law cause he's a farmer and he, he gives me kind of the rates. He's like, this is what you need to put per acre. And he's like, this is how many gallons. And you know, it's like, he's got it all broke down. So I kind of rely on him, but I normally spray it very, very weak. And I, I wish I had the actual, how much I put in, but it is not much compared to like, if I'm doing like a little acre, in my 40 gallon sprayer, you know, I don't put a whole lot in there. Talk about a good ace to have in your pocket right there. Yeah. <laughs> farmer father-in-law, that's a good tip right there. You know, if you're planting beans and corn, the farmers, they, they got some, some good intel on what you're going to Oh yeah. Need. I mean, if you, if you need, if, and that's just it right there, you know, they know that, I mean, he knows the rates for everything. He's like, it's like, he's like got it all stored up in his head. I don't know how he remembers all this stuff, but he does. So he's kind of a good, he's kind of a good source on the farming side of it. So I've learned a lot from him as well, you know, cause he's been helping me along with it. So, so we, we talked about the spring plots. Uh, let's go ahead and get into uh fall or and late season plots. What's your, you know, what's your favorite and the, the one that you've had the most success over? I, I mean, with this year, you know, being able to take the, the two bucks that we did out of my father up at my father-in-law's, you know, we hunted that. Um, <clears throat> I've hunted that for seven years and we've never, you know, been able to take a buck, you know, over probably 50 inches. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, beans, the, I mean, beans are awesome. They, they literally, they, they love them. I mean, they can't, they can't not eat them. You know, when it comes late winter beans, and then we plant corn in our beans. So when they, when they come out, they can come out and feed in the beans, and it's like they're almost feeding in a cornfield. So they can't see out of the field, which is kind of nice. Gives them gives them some cover and some security. Yeah, they feel comfortable. I mean, I, I watched I watched the buck that uh, <clears throat> my buddy Lowell shot. I watched him. We saw him two or three different times just cruising through the bean field. You know, you can see him behind the corn stalks. He's just kind of cruising through there, mowing down on beans, no care in the world, you know. Super relaxed. I mean, he came in that plot probably five, six times before we shot him. Yeah, that's, so that's cool when you when they they have that cover and they feel secure enough to to yeah. come out. You know, the the main thing about late season when I'm when I've been hunting over food plots is you got the food, but is that deer going to get there before daylight? You know, what I mean, correct. You know, do they feel comfortable enough to be out there in daylight? Yeah, and I think with that if, corn mixed in, they got some cover, so they feel more secure. Yeah. And, and what's neat is, you know, cause once, you know, I didn't set foot and this is another thing that we did that was kind of a big change for us is we didn't hunt. We didn't go in there and hunt it until the end of October. Um, for even archery, I only hunted archery maybe two or three times. And that's also what kind of led on these deer being so comfortable in there is, you know, you have the corn when, when you, you get down in the plot, when we drop the deer, you know, we walk out there, we see the deer and I'm looking back and I can't even see our blind, you know, 
So you know that deer can't see, you know, they're way shorter than we are. So, you know, he can't see across the field, you know? So I think that's a good, I think that's a good thing to know too, is just make sure try to make your deer comfortable when they're eating. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed. I, I planted a small plot in my timber, uh, on one of my, my, my main lease. And it's just, it's a small piece that I lease is 41 acres, but, uh, mm-hmm. I, I planted it and I was thinking this is going to be a really good spot to draw some deer towards the east side of my property. But one tip I wanted to point out in this food plot, you know, kind of episode was where I planted that food plot was one of my main accesses to that property. Yeah. And what I learned off that year was, is I was hunting that piece. And when I was accessing that food plot in the morning, I was actually bumping more deer off of that than I was yeah. seeing. So when you do plant a food plot, you need to make sure that you have really good access. And like you were saying, yeah. you had the cover to where you and you were walking in, you couldn't even see the blind. So you know the deer there are secure with you walking into that field if they are out there, you know, before you yeah. get oh, there. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's one thing and I that's, learned. That's, and then, that's huge. It's it's probably the biggest it's probably the biggest thing that I think comes into play when you're talking food plots. I mean, you can have a blind on food plots. I mean, if you can't get to that blind without kicking all the deer out of your area, I mean, you're kind of, you know, you're at a loss. You're going to have to go, and, and honestly, you're just going to have to hunt all day. That's another thing that, you know, I think is a lot of people don't do, and they should sometimes, is all day sits. They, they're they tough, and it makes for a really long day if you're by yourself. But I think they do They do have, there is, a, I guess, like, a, there's something to be said about that. You know, it, it does it does work. Oh yeah, I'm a huge you know I'm a huge fan of all day sets on this podcast. I talk about them all. Yeah, the time. you are. Yeah, I just yep. I I believe in them. I believe that I believe that if you can stay in there, stay focused, it raises. Yep. You know, everybody says be at the right place at the right time. Well, in my eyes, okay, if I'm gonna be at the right place at the right time, if I spend ten hours in this stand, eventually it's gonna be the right time. It's gonna be there. <laughs> I, think, I, mean? I think I think I know that's, I'm that's in the right you, place. Yep. Yep. I know that's, that's why I tell a lot of my guys, like a lot of the guys that I hunt with, you know, I say, listen, I said, every, every hour I'm in the stand, I'm just punching the clock every, every time, every all day sit, you know, I'm just punching the clock till I get that one opportunity, you yeah. know, and that's what, and I think that's what, and, I, and I'm not saying hunt, hunt as, hunt as much as you can, as often as you can, no hunt, hunt, right. You know, hunt when it's good, you know, hunt when it's right, hunt when the wind's right. You know, and that, and I'll explain a little bit like that was, you know, I didn't do an all day sit the day that my wife shot her buck, you know, and that was something that led to getting that deer was just playing the wind, hunting when it's right. You know, but, that, that go back to the plot that I had, I did end up shooting a doe off it opening morning and ended up harvesting a turkey off it. So it was a bonus, but I noticed early in the year, I was getting very good trail camera action. Yep. And then later as the year went on, I wasn't getting the, I was getting the doe activity, but I wasn't getting the mature buck activity that I was right. when I started. And I, cause like you're putting your scent through there I was and putting my scent through, I was walking you know. in there to, you know, to get to, cause it was a staging plot to a main bean field. And I was walking there to access my property 50% of the time. And, yeah. and I, I, I don't plant that plot anymore. Even though I was successful on does, I knew that it hurt. Yeah, it actually in the, in the long yeah. in the long scheme of things, it was hurting. It actually more pushed a good. buck off my property onto the neighbors. 
So yeah, you don't, that's no good. So that's no good. (laughs) Yeah. No. And I think that's, and I think that's like, that's, that's kind of, you know, something to be said with that too is, is, you know, if it ain't working and, and the hard part is, is also when you're limited on your area and where you can hunt, sometimes you just have, sometimes you have to go hunt. You know, it, if you're a hunter and you like to be in the stand and you only got the one spot to hunt, well, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants to sit at home and think about hunting. Yeah, for <laughs> That's sure. It's like the worst thing, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Every, I don't know how many times I've been sitting at home like, I should probably, I should, I should just go. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I'm going to go find somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I like. I, you know, I, I put, put the plot in, I put the work in to get it in. And then, you know, I, I look at it as, as a learning experience. I was successful off of it, but I never would have yeah. known without trying it. So I went ahead yep. and tried the plot and then decided, well, it's not going to work there, but it did draw a lot of deer to that area. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't the right spot, you know? So now I need to figure out a way to get an, another plot in, in a different area where I'm not going to be accessed. And I have an, a spot in mind, but the amount of work there's just, I mean, it's in an in timber plot, which is hard to do. So, yeah. Yeah. And then like you're saying, if you're walking to a staging plot, you know, to where, you know, where that's where the deer first start to go to feed early mornings, you know, before they come out into the main plots, you know, that's, that's, that's tough. It's hard one to get in there, but. Well, just the plot that Cody's talking about, it's not very big, but mm-hmm. I wanted to get your recommendation on how small of a plot that you would recommend even messing with. I mean, I honestly like, cause, and that's one thing that, that that's one thing I wrote down here is, <laughs> you know, one of my first things, I think a lot of people get really discouraged. You know, you watch a lot, you watch any video, <laughs> any hunting video and they got, you know, six, seven acres, you know, everybody's got big plots. They got stand, you know, tons of standing corn and standing beans. And, and honestly, if you want to get into doing food plots, if you got an area to do it, that gets efficient enough sunlight, I'd say go for it. You know, I, I mean, you're not going to hurt like you did, Cody. You know, you say you did it and you tried it. Maybe it didn't work out, but at least, hey, you know what? You got some experience yeah, by learned, putting it in. You know, you I know? learned from it, and, and I was successful. I mean, a doe yeah, and a oh, turkey, yeah. that's successful to me, and it was because of that plot. Those The doe was, I mean, it was one of those where you have a doe and two yearlings feeding in the plot like every morning oh, yeah. on trail camera. And I walked out there. I'm like, I'm going to shoot this doe <laughs> you know, that, I, that I got 7,000 pictures of, you know, and literally it was like five minutes from when I had pictures of her. Here she came. And I was like, oh, OK, going to shoot her. Yep. You know, going to take right? her. So, but yeah, I don't I don't think I honestly don't, I don't think I wouldn't get discouraged on size or anything like that. I think if you I think if you got a good area. And if your landowners are okay with it or whichever, you know, I would say go for it because you're not going to hurt anything. Because regardless, if it's not being farmed and if it's just timber soil, you're not going to hurt anything. It'll come back in just grass or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the, so, like, like my plot. It, it It's come back since I did till it. It had like a lot of like sticker bushes and stuff in mm-hmm. it. And now it's just grass. And, um, yeah, over time, over time, that stuff, you know, the, the, the native, you know, more of the native grasses and stuff will take over more than, you know, your yeah, weeds and your... And I still think the deer use it, utilize it now more than they did before when it was just sticker bushes and stuff because they yeah. still have the natural browse of grass there. Yep. So it's still benefiting a little bit. And then plus, it gave me an excellent shooting area since I did clear that out for a plot in the past. I still have a stand there. The yep, plot yep, doesn't exactly. work, but I still have a very good place to 
to hunt for like shotgun season when I can reach out a little bit further or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. that goes into the next question. Do you have any like suggestions on shape when you're trying to maybe hunt out of a ground blind or a tree stand? You know, should you funnel them to your tree stand or should you? Know? I mean, I I think yeah. I mean, I think you want to try to funnel them as much as you can by your tree stand. You know, I'm a big I'm a big firm believer. I don't. <laughs> I know a lot of people like, like to set their, their stands up, you know, on the trail. <laughs> like I've seen so many of my buddies put up stands and it's like, that is on that. You I mean you're, you're hunting over the deer. How are you going to shoot a deer once underneath you? But I think, I think getting them within that 20 yards, you know, I think you can, I mean, you can hinge cut trees. You can, you can shut down a deer trail and make a new one. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think, I mean, it's not that, not that difficult to do, you know, hinge cut, you can still keep the tree alive you know, creating more browse and shutting down the the deer trail and then just, you know, rerouting them, I would say, <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about like a kill plot. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's a real cool idea because you're doing kind of the same thing. I am, you're creating, you're creating a shooting lane. That's large by taking out all those trees, plenty of opportunity to get a shot. And then yep. you're possibly, drawing does to your area which are going to draw bucks later on and then yep. also if that buck takes one bite out of that food plot and stops then there's your shot opportunity you know yeah I mean? yeah if if they're and if they're coming out and that's the thing too is if you got does continuously coming out and feeding i mean that's that's a that's a buck's you know that's what a buck uses to <laughs> to know if he can come out or not you know if those are if those feel safe you know the buck's gonna feel safe yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of videos of, you know, little bitty plots, you know, eighth of an acre, like you were saying, and people are successful over them. And I think that's a good tip that you put out that people think that you have to to make a giant, you know, giant plot to yeah. draw deer when actuality you need, you just need something that the neighbor doesn't have to draw them yeah. over, you know? Yeah. I think in, in, in a lot of spots, a lot of spots won't ever, I think a lot of spots won't ever hold deer, you know, winter deer, because deer, you know, I mean, deer, they herd up and in the winter and they're going to go where the majority of the food is easiest food, water, all that. And, you know, if you don't have a big enough track of timber and big enough plots, they're not going to stay in there in winter. So focus on more focus on your early bow season, you know, put your plots in early, say, you know, put your plots in the spring, you know, once the beans and stuff get up, you know, once the farmers get their beans up, then go start and plant your stuff and try to get it to where your stuff's ready to go come October, you know, and you're trying to kill those bucks in October instead of the rut. You know what I mean? I see Cause I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of, I mean, a lot of my buddies have shot some of our better deer and some of my better deer have come from the first couple of weeks of October with my bow. You know, I've shot my, well, my biggest buck with a bow I shot on October 1st, you know, but that was, that was more of a luck than anything. That wasn't food plot related, but I think people people really focus on the rut, but big bucks can be killed early too. Yeah, I've shot two you know? two nice ones on October fifteenth within the last yeah. three years. So Yep. I know a lot of guys that won't even go into the stand till the end of October, till Halloween. And I'm like, Man, I, I said <laughs> I like going out in first couple of weeks when it's warm you know, some days it's too warm, but when it's fairly warm, you know, those you know, get the first cold front, that's the best day to hunt, I think. But, yeah, I, I think if you have perfect conditions, 
um, go for it, man, because that's that you're not going to get any better if you know you can get in there without bumping any deer, and you yep. you you have a really good chance of shooting something. I I say go for it, you know. Yep, and I, like I said, and I'm going to be. I have a, a property that I um I've hunted. I think I've hunted for six or seven years now, maybe more than that. I don't know. I'm horrible at time, but uh, <laughs> I've hunted that for a, quite a quite some time, and I've shot two two nice bucks off it and missed another one um which happens not proud of it but it happens oh yeah man we all (laughs) (laughs) if you haven't missed a deer you haven't hunted enough right right that's true so uh that and i actually got permission from landowner and i'll be doing some pretty much i can only bow hunt that property so i bow hunt it and then come gun season there's like six or seven guys that come in and they their stands are all over in the woods and it's it's quite it's quite comical because i go through there and i'm like why are these stands here you know but that's where they hunt and that's what they do they've been doing it for years and years and years so i uh i only can bow hunt so this year i'll be doing planting stuff early as soon as it dries out um i'll be planting all my like early stuff to try to get them in there in october i'm not really going to be focused on trying to hold the deer you know come rut i'm going to be trying to get them early october so that's kind of a that's kind of something that's going to be new and finally he's going to let me put plots in there which i'm pretty excited for yeah that's a super good tip i think instead of when you when you plant a plot you're planning based on a time period instead of the whole season where you're thinking okay i know this plot isn't going to be able to be big enough to hold a ton of deer but it might be able to hold this buck in my area in October, you might be able, yeah, you might be able turn, to pull them in. Yep, you know, to to get that, you know, few days to get in there and try to kill them, you know. So. Yep, because I mean, everybody, I think about, I think about it is, you know, you you look at your choke camera, you're getting that big buck through your property at some point or another, you know, whether you know nocturnal, more than likely in October, yes, but if you got that nice food plot, you might just draw him out, you know. A little bit, you know, a little bit earlier than, you know, nighttime. You know, that last half hour is always the, the sweet spot. So I think that's I think that's something that this year will be definitely a good uh, a good one for me to try is trying to get those early, early season plots and see how those go. Yeah, I I think, you know, if you, if you had a plot in, you can maybe still catch them early early October, still maybe on a summer pattern, just getting ready to make the transition into where he's going to go rut, you know. Yep. So I think that that's one of the benefits of having a plot in early and having it ready to go. Like here in Illinois, you know, October 1, your plot's ready to go, and they're hitting it hard. Yep, yep. Um, So at my old property, my access has been my downfall. I wanted you to cover um, what is best – uh, food plot wise as far as getting like a screen to walk into your stand because I've got like huge fields and it's just kind of basically strips of timber that are ridges and draws and uh, you know if there's any deer in the field they're going to see me walk into the stand because I'm I'm very limited on my access so I just yeah. wanted, wanted you to cover kind of a screen plot that somebody could put in and uh, you know to where it's six eight foot tall yeah, so I, I think, and actually, I have it wrote down here because <laughs> when I see your notes, like the like screen plots and funnel, I uh, I talked to another buddy of mine who farms, and he uh, sells he sells seed, all sorts of stuff. He, they're always selling different stuff, 
and I got him to locate some, uh, it's called sorghum. So most sorghum, a lot of times guys will see it, you know, two, three feet tall, but he got me this stuff and I just got a bag. He's got a bag up for me right now. And we used it this year to screen off our four plots. And so what we did is this stuff gets, I think it gets by six to nine feet tall is what it's recommended. And our stuff got to that nine feet tall. And I tell you what, the deer will not walk through it. <laughs> they won't, they won't walk through it. You can't see through it. It's like a friggin' wall. So we planted that in four rows between our plots. And, you know, I have an aerial photo of our plots, and it's really neat because I had a guy fly a drone over and take a picture. And where we planted this stuff, because we wanted the deer to come through the center of our 10 acres, there is, you know, beat down paths, making like an X through the center of our plot because they wouldn't cross this sorghum. But now what, what happened later in the year, you know, this is a cheap, it, it, it's 50 bucks for a bag and you could plant miles of this stuff you know it's a, it's a 50 pound bag and uh so we planted that stuff and I, I i i think it's it's very inexpensive and i think it works really well is is that something that's available through real world or that's actually no that's actually something that we found just on our own um i i could probably you know if somebody's interested in that stuff i could get the information and you could probably contact your local seed dealer and probably get it you know Okay. Um, because he got, he has it, he had to get it. I think he had a special or like he had a kind of special order it, but he was able to get it and ship it with some other stuff from like Texas or something. But, uh, but yeah, it's real, real easy to plant. I, I just plant it. I have a little, you can broadcast it. Um, you know, you could till up a, a strip and you could broadcast it and, or you can run it through like a, I have a two row planter that I use and that's what we plant it with. Okay, but yeah. it gets it gets thick. Like <laughs> you can't walk through it. <laughs> I haven't been to the exact spot that I possibly can get a food plot in, but mm-hmm. just through um, looking at aerial maps, like you were saying, um, I, I might need a uh, you know a screen you know five six foot wide just to be able to get me into the timber enough to where I'm not going to be oh, seen. Yeah. You know. And, and that's, and this is a good, so this is a good screen. So this isn't going to, the problem with this stuff is over the winter, it didn't stand all winter long. It ended up getting, it ended up getting laid over, which was, which was okay because the deer still for, 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 I would say for a, for a, a funnel to funnel the deer, it still worked. But as a screen later in the year, it worked up until. I would say the end of November till we started like, you know, first snowfall you get, it kind of beats it up and lays it down. But I mean, if you're looking to just be, you know, if you're, you're a bow hunter, you know, early season, I mean, this stuff, when I was in there in September before bow season, I mean, I have, I I have video, I don't know if I posted on Instagram or not, but I have video and the stuff is, you know, it was like nine feet tall. So it's definitely something and it's sterile too. So if, so the nice thing is it's sterile, so it won't reseed itself. Um, because they, you know, it's like a, it's a, you know, it's like a, almost like a grass like, or a corn stalk okay. and has seeds on the end and it will, uh, it won't, it won't reseed itself. So you won't have to fight it later. You know, if, if you don't want it, if you just do it yeah. one year and you don't like it, yep. you know, then it's done. Yeah, it's done. You don't need, it's not going to reseed itself. You know, if you want to get more, you know, you can order more, but I, I think it's, I think it's something you could get from, you know, any, any seed dealer. Um, before we hit the record button on this podcast, uh, we were talking about bedding in a bag. 
Um, is that something that you'd be able to use as a screen also? I, I 100%. So our, our future goals, and now that we're talking about that, is so we plan on either side of our sorghum uh, bedding in a bag. It was 40 feet on each side of it, and our goal is to make that the screen because that stuff is – it stands it stands in the winter it doesn't fall over i mean my stuff behind my house is still standing um and it gets six to eight feet tall and and you know a deer is only you know they don't they don't stand you know they're not as tall as you always think they are i guess (laughs) you know if you've been by a full body deer mount they're fairly low to the ground you know considering you know if you're say average five foot eight tall you know they're probably like at your chest so you know, six feet is, is more than enough to be a screen, but I think that bedding in a bag will work just as good of a screen. Now it just takes a little more time to get it developed. Hey, if I got to you know, crawl my belly to shoot a 180 inch or I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But you know, that's the thing is that, you know, and that's a, that's a benefit of that bedding in a bag is because it'll end up, you know, it, it'll be there. If you have the property, you know, it'll be there. That's why we planted it and invested in it. It's a little more pricey. I think that stuff's I think it runs like $120 an acre to plant and uh, it, it'll last like 10 to 15 years. You know, you take care of it, you do your burns, you know, you, and I think, I think not this year, but next year we'll be burning ours. You know, you, they want it, they want it to be at least developed for two years before you burn it. But they say after you burn it, that's when it takes off even better. So we're having great results with it already. So I think it's going to be, I'm, I think I'm going to plant more of it this year. I'm going to prep, probably put another three acres in so <laughs> um uh we uh we get a we had a question come in that from a listener that wanted to know what is, what is your take and a difference in a staging plot and a destination field and then kind of what you would plant in both if you wanted to have both on your property so like staging plot like like they're talking like like pre coming like 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 talking more like timber plot is what you mean. I yeah. would I would say like the plot exactly what Cody has. You know they're they're yeah. hitting that they're still feeling secure. You know it's still daylight that last half hour hour yeah. of daylight. They're still they're up and they're moving, but they don't want to be out in the open. Right, just they don't want to be yet. out yet. Yeah, I think I think I mean a real simple one and it's really easy to grow because I see in your notes too you have the best tolerant plot, easiest to grow, clovers. They're they're super easy to grow. Clover is like, I mean, you talk about anybody in their yard can't get the clover out of their yard. Um, clover is a really good pre-plot before, you know, like your beans or if you do turnips or anything like that. You know, I think the deer, that that's the first thing. So around our plots, we have 20 feet along the edge of the woods in clover. And so the deer normally come out, eat the clover, then continue to the bean field, you know. So I think in that clover, <clears throat> real world sells it. And I have a bunch of it behind my house. Um, and then I planted it up uh, on the east side of our woods. And what came up, because we drove on it, we ended up killing it because we drove on it so much. Um, it actually, I mean, I went out there in the September and everything that had been grown up, all of the, the strips that it grew up, the deer just, you know, mounted down to nothing. I mean, it was there was nothing left of it. So that stuff, it's called the clover chicory mix. Really good stuff. I would suggest it's cheap. I, I, it's not very expensive to plant, you know, and it grows like crazy. You know, like I, I planted behind my house and I was like, I had to mow it like probably six or seven times this summer. 
because it just it would get too tall. So, but I think clover clover would be a good is easy to grow. You know, I think it grow it'll grow better in less sunlight also. So if you got your timber plot and you're not getting full sun, it'll it'll still take off. So. So, uh, I mean, you've obviously planted planted a lot of these food plots. Um, I'm not quite sure where you're located at, but if Google Maps took a picture of your piece in December, you'd be the greenest spot on the on the on the map in the map here. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I know. I honestly, I keep. You know, it's funny is because so I, I keep looking at Google Maps and they haven't updated because like I so I own I own six acres and I have like three acres in the back. And I did all this work this last year and planted all that stuff. And I'm like, I want to see an aerial of it. Right. But Google Maps hasn't updated at all. So it still looks like a, it still just looks like a cornfield. Calling so, out Google Maps on the podcast. I know. I know. Step it's up ridiculous. your game. Step I had up to, your game. I had, to get, I had to get a guy in with a drone and take pictures. But everybody's got drones now. So Yeah. yeah uh, Whitetail Legacy needs a drone. We need one donated. Yeah. Can uh, we get, shed can we get scouting. somebody on that? Yeah, shed yeah. scouting. Shed scouting. I seen a guy on the middle of nowhere today. Oh, yeah, dude. I don't know if you know much about drones, but he had a virtual reality face mask on, with, and he was flying a drone. <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm pretty sure he was shed hunting, because he was out in the middle of nowhere. Maybe he's just trying to get on some birds out He was in trying to get on some turkeys or something. something. You guys, you guys, are, now is this down by you? Yeah. Yeah, it was you are getting. I mean, you guys are further south, so yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what goes on down there. <laughs> 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 Nothing too crazy, I guess. <laughs> All right, so we're lacking in food plots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're lacking in food plots down there. We got so much corn, it's beans, it's hard to compete. So, it it uh, really is. I, I mean, I mean, we're we're farm country where I'm at too, and it's it's tough because everybody's like, "Well, what do you plant it for?" You know that, <laughs> that there's plenty of corn out there, but I think from when I was a kid, uh, corn, you know, all the equipment's so much more efficient, you know, there's no, you don't, the, the, the corn heads don't drop corn anymore. You know, no. we used to walk oh, through a field yeah. and there'd be ears of corn everywhere. Right. But now you, I mean, there's nothing, you know, once, once winter hits the, the browse is gone. And if there's not corn or beans that, you know, beans that blew through the combine and, or corn that dropped, there's really not much for deer to eat. Well, I mean, just like I was saying, you know, I, early season, I do feel that there could be a use for plots. And then, you know, obviously I want to get them on the back end of the winter, you know, just after the rut, you know, get them the, the yeah. nutrition that they need to recover and make it through the winter just to build your deer herd. But, you know, just like just like anything that anybody sees on TV, they see these guys hunting over plots and, you know, they think that that's the ticket or this or that, but they don't realize that they're down in Oklahoma, you know, where they're not growing right. the corn like we are. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, you know, they have, they have to do that even to, you know, to help the deer out. You yeah. Know? And one thing I will say is I've, I've planted plots and if, if people listen to this, um, my plots were weedy as shit, <laughs> <laughs> but, but deer ate the crap out of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. you're not going to have that picture perfect clover plot or clover's pretty good at running out weeds but like beans yeah. and stuff i mean corn uh it's clover's a clover's a really good one too because if it's like thin and you get weeds you know the weeds will die and like in the spring like if you want to like up your clover plot you know and get all those bare spots you just you just frost seed it you know you go over you go through in the winter when it's still 
you know, it's still frozen. Like if you get before a snow and put that down, like late, you know, later in the season, come, you know, January, February, and you put that clover back down on there, you know, it'll start growing in those, you know, it'll stay dormant until it gets warm enough to grow. Yeah. That's a good tip. Cause like I said, my, my plots were weedy and, and I just didn't want someone to get, you know, unmotivated about putting a plot in for deer because they got weeds in them. It's not going to be and, that picture perfect plot that you see. And I would say, and I would say your first year putting in a plot in, like if it's like a brand new plot, like say you're turning over dirt for the first time in that area, don't get discouraged in your first year. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I think a lot of times, like, you know, you're ripping up grass and there's all that stuff you're trying to plant through and weed seed, you know, give it a year, give it two, you know, at least try two, maybe three years of, of getting this plot established before you, you know, throw in the towel, be like, I'm not planting anymore. Too many weeds, you know? All right. So October 15th, I don't shoot a 160. I'm just, I'm telling it up. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Yeah. Chill it up. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, October 15th, obviously the date. Yeah. By Cody. yeah. So yeah. that's why I'm, I'm shooting for that too. I would say I'd like to even see a nice buck before October 15th. That's, that's been uh pretty hard for me to get it done. Yeah, I think I think that's like it's funny because you know I I always talk about you know I lo- I've always loved you know you always want to shoot the big buck but sometimes seeing them is just as good as shooting them. Yeah, you know knowing they're there. Yep. Yeah, I love you know? I love just a nice good encounter with a buck almost as much as I do as getting within range. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can look at trail cam pictures all day, and all that does is piss the guy off because you can't even see the deer. You know, I got pictures of them all day long, but I've never seen it. <laughs> right. You know, I'll take a good picture every now and again, too. I mean, it, well, yeah, that oh, fires yeah. me up, too. Yeah, there's nothing to get a guy on a deer stand like a freaking buck that's, you know, got split, split G2, split G3s. You're like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting to get that 180, like September 10th. I can't even hunt yet. And he's he's just a giant. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just in daylight, you know, for yeah, like in all daylight. September and daylight. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. just going to call my boss and be like, yeah, I'm not going to make it in from October 1st until I shoot sorry. this deer. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll at, be back. I'm on leave till I kill a deer. Yeah. So. I had a 160. Uh, what, do you know the date? He was still above it. I yeah. think it was July 30th. I had a 160 just passing through. And I pulled the card probably beginning of September. And then I really focused in, you know, just on the 30 days before season opened. And yeah. he showed back up, so he wasn't just passing through like I thought he was. Because, I, I mean, I hadn't got any previous pictures other than summer. And I was like, man, this is getting me fired up. I'm ready oh, to yeah. go right now. Like, if I was sitting there on September 18th or whatever day it was when he come through the last time before season, I was like, I could have shot him. I mean, he's yeah. right there. Yeah. That's crazy. Missouri season opens up September fifteenth. Oh, oh, I, yeah. They're still on. Summer, does it really? Yeah, they're still on summer patterns down there. I wish I knew somebody who oh, wow. uh, grew up there. Yeah, I got. I got <laughs> well, see, there's a lot of states. Let's there's go. a lot of states that do that. That I think Nebraska is like that September as well, and so is Kentucky. Yeah. What but, does anybody know? Well, like Kansas or something? Because I feel like a lot of people go out there and just shoot velvet bucks left and right. I think there's. I think they have. A, or don't they have an early gun? Isn't it like a rifle? I yeah, feel like there's, there's a, actually, is there early rifle? Yeah, there's something crazy. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's early, in like it's either September, October. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. There's a whole I bunch of velvet bucks. Can we get somebody? Can we get? Right. Can we get a Google search going? Yeah, Google it. Dallas. <laughs> um, yeah, Dallas. Google it. 
The beer guys in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> there's people out there we shooting to, we velvet. We need to go on Google. There's people out there shooting velvet mule deer. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. That would, be, right. that would be sick. This is White Tail Legacy podcast. We we hit the food plots pretty good. I want to get the story of your wife's first deer, and then the reason you think that you were successful on getting her Ooh. on that deer. All right, all right. So, Holly's buck. Um, my wife's name's Holly. Um, she's howl dialed up on Instagram. Howl <laughs> <laughs> dialed sells, up. Yeah, she sells. Uh, she sells uh, lip sense for all the ladies out there. You know, lip listening. Well, okay, I'm sure what's a, lot. a lip sense? Lip sense. It's lipstick. Oh. It's it's beauty stuff. I don't know. Does it, it smell good? Busy. Does it smell good? I, no, it's weird. It's sticky. No. <laughs> do they have? Do they have like? Doe estrus lipstick. <laughs> no, but uh, you know what? I will, I will, I will push that. I will push that for you guys. Some, I'll be taking my, of, I'll be taking my wife hunting all the time. A lip, a lip moisturizer, estrus <laughs> yes. flavor. Yes, yes. I'll be taking her hunting all the time. You got it. I'm writing that. It's in my notes. All it's right, in my good notes. Deal, good deal. Oh, dude, he's taking <laughs> notes When you too. guys make a million, remember where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> so. So her, so her deer is a deer we called, I, I call him just big 10. You know, I have had, we had trail cam pictures of him from 2014. And, uh, so we pretty much had trail cam pictures of him in the summertime velvet growing, you know, all the time would be, be just tons of pictures of him up until October, he would leave. And then we get him in there about a week or two, you know, rut. I mean, coming through like tongue dragging on the floor you know, chasing does. And, uh, the first year I actually saw him on the hoof, he actually had broke his whole main beam off. And we had him probably 175 yards, me and my wife out in the field. And I'm like, well, he's busted. So he got the pass. And that's when I think he was about, I think four, yeah, 14. I think he was three years old. And, uh, so the next year got him on trail camera again. And then, uh, I don't think it was until I, I saw him that year late, late season because we have the cwd seasons up here so it was late late winter i saw him again and this is before we did any sort of food plots or left any food out there for him um i got a quick look at him before he went in the in the timber and then the next year after that i was hunting with uh one of my, uh, my best friend uh, i was out hunting and we were sitting in the <laughs> what's going on <laughs> cody's grunting uh, so we, uh, so we're sitting in the blind and, uh, we got to look at him there. He's, he, he came in about 200 yards and we weren't able to get a shot. So a lot of history with this buck. And then 2016, I found his shed, uh, the day before Christmas. So, which is crazy early, right? I mean, I feel like, I feel like December 24th is a little early for a buck to be dropping a shed. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. super early. <laughs> But so that's why, you know, I was after him out there bow hunting him. They were, yeah, it was like Christmas day and I go to walk out and I find a shed. I go, well, I guess I'm not hunting him anymore. <laughs> so, so it was this year we did the plots. We did the big push for the plots and we changed the whole game up. We built a elevated blind, um, you know, run the heater in it and everything like that. Uh, we didn't hunt it till late October and, uh, so what ended up, we ended up doing is it was second day of, it was the second day of first season. I think you guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're dying over here, man. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, Cody's, on you guys. Cody's lost. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. You back in? Yes. I'm in, man. Sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. <laughs> 
so uh so it was the second day uh second day of first season i hunted all day the day before and had a just a small eight pointer and uh so we ended up sitting in the blind i, I actually went to the new blind we didn't mean holly didn't go in till noon and uh because the wind was out of the wrong direction it was going to be blowing right into our plots so we waited till about noon and we snuck in there and this was i mean i don't know if I don't know if you guys were getting the crap weather first season or not, but it was sleety, snowy, rainy mix like Saturday of first season yeah, in was, Illinois. Yeah, it was terrible. Was oh. that like, did you guys get that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, homie hunted all day and opened stand, didn't it? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I, I, uh, horrible. I was I was dedicated. Yeah. So so we go in, wind switched from like a, it was like a south to a southwest to west which is perfect because then it blows away into the cornfield. So took my wife out there, you know, she'd crossbow hunted, hadn't seen any deer all year. She was actually pretty getting pretty ticked off. She was ready to kill something. <laughs> so, uh, we got into the stand, got set up and it's sleeting crappy out. And all of a sudden I just, you know, I hear something. I heard something like, and I look out in the field and this buck was bedded in our middle of our plot in that bedding in a bag. And we walked right into our stand, 100 yards away from us. He was bedded in our plot. So bedded, I was going to shoot him, <laughs> which, because I thought he was going to skirt, you know, I thought he was on the move and going to be out of the plot. Right. So I waited. I was like, well, if I shoot this deer, I don't think any of my friends or family will ever let me live it down that I shot a deer with Holly in there with a gun. <laughs> you know, she, she, they're like, really, Logan, you got to take her deer. So, uh. So he stopped and we waited, you know, you know, I was like, well, obviously we have time now. So I got her set up on the sticks and hundred yard shot. I think it was a 115 yard shot just across. The, she shot just over the sorghum. He was on the edge of uh, edge of the bedding in a bag where he got up from his bed and on the edge of the beans. And she just boom, dropped the hammer, dropped him right in his tracks. Man, that's so, impressive. That's quite a shot. <laughs> and the end of the story on the big 10 but uh, yeah, it was it was actually it was pretty amazing though the fact that we were able to get in there. You know, granted, I think the weather helped a little bit being rainy to get in there, and, and he had no clue we were there. You know, it's such a cool thing. You know, being being in in your plots and the deer don't even they don't even know you're there. You know, because normally I feel like anytime I'm in blaze orange, the deer are like staring at you the whole time they're coming in. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same <laughs> way, man. Yeah, it's just crazy. You know, like one day we're bow hunting and you're just straight up camoed up because I always take straight that, up ninja. that week and off. Then, yeah, and then I go from one day being straight up face mask camoed up. Next day I'm no face mask, orange hat, orange vest with a boomstick. Oh yeah, just ready to go. Yeah, but then everybody sees you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and and I think that I think that our biggest the biggest thing that that really got got us that deer was. A, having the food plots, he was comfortable. I mean, he was laying in our plots, you know, in the middle of the field. You know, it's a 10-acre patch between two woods, and he's in the middle of that. He didn't want to be in the woods. He wanted to be in the middle where he could see, you know, at least he thought he could see. <laughs> right. But but no, and it's actually, so, and then the other thing, you know, when you're talking about big bucks, this buck, I measured his shed. He was 160 inches last year what I kind of estimated him as cause he's pretty, pretty symmetrical. He measured 145 this year and he was about six years old. Yeah. Wow. 
And so like that right there, you know, you start talking about letting deer grow and stuff like that. And, you know, he wasn't a giant I and mean, he's a, he's a very respectable deer, you know, but he ain't a 180 inch deer. He would have never been a 180 inch deer. Nope. No. So I think sometimes the guys <clears throat> passing on deer, not knowing the age is kind of, you know, knowing it, it, being able to know your deer's age is, is very helpful, you know, cause you see a deer and you're like, he's six years old and he isn't getting any bigger time to go yeah for sure yeah you know especially if you have a deer that's continuously regularly coming around like hers was you know but like the deer i shot this year i mean it it wasn't it's not a huge deer but i knew that he was six years old and and i rattled him in the year before you know and i knew that he wasn't going to be anything but you know he threw he was an eight pointer and he threw uh, he was a nine pointer this year you know so I mean, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people forget, you know, and that's something that not every deer is going to be a two hundred inch deer. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. And... It's just not going to happen. No, hey, I, be- just... I believe in food plots. It can happen. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to just start catching the deer and inject them with steroids or something. Yes, <laughs> get can, some sort can, of net can, cannon. Can we make money off that? Because I'll, I'll do it. I don't know. I don't know. You might be able to. Uh, I don't know if there's a market for steroids for deer yet. Ooh, there we go. Whitetail Legacy Podcast there. steroids. <laughs> oh, I bet there. I bet there totally is. Um, can Holly outshoot you if she's shooting 115 yards? Uh I. If she listens to this, I'm gonna say yes. Okay. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, but I'm if she's you. not Tell listening, listen. but if she's not li- listening, no, she can't. <laughs> we love that. We yeah. love that. We yeah. love calling people out. So, um, <laughs> so we. Were no, more... I, I, I. She's a. She's a good shot. You know, I mean, it, for. She's hunted. You know, before we had our son, our son's gonna be three years old. She hunted for a couple years with me, and granted, you gotta realize she come from a family that they didn't even have any guns. So, and now her dad's into this food plot with me and he's got guns. He's, you know, killed a antelope out West and he's just all in all about guns hunting. He's just taking, he's just going, you know, balls the wall with it. So it's kind of neat that she was able to take her first year on her family's farm. You know, I thought that was something that was kind of special for her and for her dad Too bad her, her dad was up in Wisconsin hunting. So he wasn't even around. Oh, when it all went down yeah, but super, it was still cool yeah but it was super cool that you motivated them to get into hunting you know and and now they're they're all in on the food plots and they're seeing that you guys are successful doing yeah it, you know? and and that's just it you know the results the results are this year you know i this year was like a big you know 180 from you know leaving just a couple strips of beans to we're making this a food plot you know we're we're going you know all in all food plots, you know, trying to do for the deer and, you know, it, it paid off huge this year. So I can't say enough. I can't say enough about my family, <laughs> my, my in-law family. They're awesome. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> yeah. Mine is too. I will say that. Um, going back to, I think you're kind of just what you were saying. You're hitting at the growth of the food plot. Uh, I want you to get into a little bit of detail, whether that's just, um, seeing more deer on the food plot or if you're actually seeing the bucks grow bigger, you know, within the last few years that you've started doing this? Well, yeah, I mean, because we've been able to, so like up up where we hunt there, where the majority of the food plots that I do and they're eating on that food plot, I think that we're able to, we've been able to let a lot more, 
I guess we, we see more deer and we're seeing bigger deer. So we're able to let the little or what, you know, the younger two and a half year olds go, you know, we're, we're able to, you know, before when we were before, when, you know, my father-in-law was out there hunting, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, you're new to hunting, shoot whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) there's no, there's no buck. There's no size limit when you're, when you're learning how to hunt deer. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta start punching some tags before you can really start getting picky. I, I think you have to, but, uh, but so I think that, where we're we're located there's also other areas that nobody can touch and that has a huge help with growing the deer you know growing the bigger deer but also with the plots i think the deer are healthier you know we had bucks that didn't drop their racks till almost there was like what end of february into march you know and a lot of times you know i've read a lot that that you know deer will shed their antlers when they're a older or when they're unhealthy, you know, they get rid of that rack and, you know, they're done. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, I think that the deer are bigger. <laughs> I, I, I say bigger because the buck that my buddy Lowell shot, and that was in, uh, I want to say it was, I don't even know the date. It was end of January because it was CWD season here in DeKalb County. And, uh, yeah, so he... He shot that buck and he was healthy. I mean, it was a big deer. I think we ended up getting like forty-five pounds of meat or something off the deer. So <laughs> I definitely think I definitely think for your herd herd health, it, it, it's a big help. Right? Yeah, you know? I would say that's that's my main main focus of getting a plot is uh, you know maybe early season catch them still on that summer pattern just before they transition, but late season being sure that they have the nutrition. Since we can't uh, mineral feed outside the season yet. Um, that might be changing. I was going to say, I just wanted to see. I, I haven't been up to date with that. I know it passed the first phase. Uh, it sounds like we still have quite a bit of work ahead of us. Yeah, to there's, still, there's still quite a bit to go. But I, I talked to, so Kevin Boyer, he's uh, he's the one of the uh, co-owners of Real World. Okay. And he was down in Springfield, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and he said that's what they were going down there for to get that pushed, you know, because yeah. there's because they have, you know, they have scientists and, and all that, you know, smart people stuff that uh, they got they got like you know evidence that what they that what they're doing and what you can do with minerals can you know help prevent all these diseases such as you know your blue tongues and you know your EHDs and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. So. I- it's silly not to, I think. Right. And I mean, they were saying, you know, past uh, studies were saying that it was translated through saliva, but now further studies have uh, shown that that's not the case. And mm-hmm. um, actually, mineral sites are um, providing a healthier deer herd. Mm-hmm. And just as far from what I know is the way it's going to get passed in Illinois is, you know, just mineral mineral and supplemental feeding outside of the hunting season so from you know january 15th or thereabout to october 1st you can do whatever you want which is which is that's when i mean that's when they need it you know before before all the you know before any of your crops and your browse is ready i mean that's when the deer you know they're smallest exactly you know they're just coming off the rut you know as far we're talking buck wise you know just coming off the rut they're run down they're ready to go um hardcore winter you know middle of january 
Yep. And then, you know, we're popping off sheds. We're starting to regrow antlers again, you know, early spring. And then next thing you know, it's going to be June 1st. And, you know, I, yeah. of course, everything's going to be available then, but we got to get to yeah. that point first. Yep. Well, I think, and I think, you know, after talking to Kevin, I, I, I talked to him, uh, it was just a couple of weeks ago before he went to that. And he was talking about, you know, he, they, they have a, they sell a lot of their products to, they have, so their EA, they call it EHD. It says it's expect healthy deer. And a lot of people use that, you know, in states that can do the supplemental feeding. And, uh, he was saying that they sell a lot of their stuff to, you know, uh, people who raise pen raised deer and, you know, their, 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 you know, die off rate has gone down significantly because they're, you know, they're feeding this, you know, these minerals and the stuff to help fight all these diseases, you know, and it's like, why can't, if we could start doing that to our deer herd, you know, you think you'd, you know, you think you'd want to help them out, but yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. I guess we don't, and not everybody thinks like a deer hunter. No, that's, that's clearly not the case. Nobody, nobody does. We're the last to be thought of. Even though we are the first to think of the animal. I mean, it's just kind of a a two-sided story there. Oh, yeah. I I love love seeing those on Instagram. The, the, you know, (laughs) when you get people that hate hunting and, you know, but, you know, everybody, you know, is everybody who hunts is a conservationist. (laughs) So, you know, it's kind of hard to to bash a hunter because we're sitting here talking about how we want the deer to be healthier. You know, I always worry about in our county with CWD, you know, son being you know almost three years old i'm like i want you know i want to make sure there's deer here when he's when he can start hunting you know that's what i like that's what i'm going for and that's what our goal is you know for you know this plot up to my father-in-law's is you know we want to make sure that this is a spot for you know his grandsons and my sons and you know you know start developing this this area and you know you're going to have an awesome spot for years to come um one last question before we wrap this up uh, did you have one that you want to hit on, Cody? Yeah, like, just real quick. Okay. Yours yeah. is a real quick one? or Yeah. I mean, mine's, I think mine's going to be a little bit of detail. <laughs> <laughs> Blair, uh, we can just cut out all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll cut it back. Uh, Logan, I just wanted to go into how hard is frost seeding a, a plot? I I think it's, I think it sometimes might be easier than, than planting other, you know, than planting in the spring. Okay, I mean, just because I feel like, I mean, for people that don't turkey hunt, which if you don't turkey hunt but you hunt deer, I think you're crazy. You should definitely <laughs> you should pick, need you, you should, need to start. Yeah, yeah, you should definitely pick up the the old six shot and give her a whirl. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just for some people who might jump the gun a little bit and uh, you know start thinking about whitetails a little bit early, especially you know shed season went good. Um, yep. You know, just frost seeding in general. You know, how difficult is it? I think, I think like, uh, you can do frosting. What's neat about frosting too is, um, if you, so say you have plans to plant something, uh, like in the spring, you know, you, you didn't get to it and you have like, you tilled it all up in the fall or something, you know, say October or whatever. Um, you make that seed bed and you can frost seed that, you know, in February and you know, you're not gonna have to worry the weed, you know, your clover and whatever you're going to frost seed mostly is clover what you frost seed that stuff is going to take over before any weeds will you know so it, it helps fight you know helps get your crop established earlier you know cuz it's going to start growing as soon as it's warm enough as soon as the ground temperature gets warm enough moisture it's going to grow so i think i think frost seeding's 
fairly easy. Okay, so frost seeding is not necessarily just pertain to like beginning of March area. Like you can go back to actually, you know, November of the previous year. You well, know. we'll see what I see. Like what I would do is what I would like if I was planning on say say I didn't have time to plant my clover or something. Um, uh, say like in the spring, you know, like okay. I didn't have time to plant my my clover in the spring and. I wanted to put it, you know, and I end up getting time. Say I got time in like late September or whatever, and I went in and tilled up what I was going to frost seed, you know, till it up, make a seed bed. And then February, that's when you'd put your seed down. Okay. All right. You see what I'm saying? Like you're yeah. prepping that you're prepping the, you're prepping your seed bed in the fall, you know, and then planting it in the, in the late winter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Cause I mean, the way that I've heard of frost seeding is you're doing it, you know, late February, early March. It's still cold, but you just can't wait to get it in, you know. Right, and 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 and, and like a lot of times, I think if you normally normally if you're going to be doing plots, you can get you can get your seed in in the spring, but frosting is works very well for um, works very well for sometimes grass. You can do grasses. Um, I've never experimented with grasses, but the clover when you have a, when you have a pre-existing clover plot or something, and you want to thicken it up, you know you got bald spots because of the weeds from the the previous year. You go and hit it in the in this in the you know late winter, and that's going to take off, you know before any weeds. And then you're going to have a you know you're going to have the clover pot like on TV. Got you there, man. That's good tips on the frost seeding. That's something I've never done. That uh definitely taking notes on it here um one last question or that i want to go over is um mm-hmm. the real the real world food plots uh you're a dealer for them so i just kind of want to go over like some of the key points of why you choose you chose them and some of the you know maybe maybe the best best plots that they have so when i was so i, I found out about them through a guy i worked with and uh he was using some of their stuff and I was like, okay, you know, yeah. I'm like, I'll try that, you know? And, uh, when I started reading about it and you start reading into, you know, you go on their, on their website and there's a lot of information. Um, and I don't think they're, and I don't think really their prices are any, you know, higher or lower than, than the next, you know, the next stuff you can go buy at Cabela's, but you know, their products, you can only get through a dealer or directly ordering from them. You know, they're not, they're not in every, they're not every main chain store. You know, you can't go pick up a bag at Farm and Fleet. Um, so it's kind of a little more exclusive like that. And then the fact of the matter is that they did, I feel like they did more testing, <laughs> you know, side-by-side side comparison, you know, what works to, before they develop their own stuff. So I kind of like that. Like, there's a lot of thought that went into what they have as a product, you know. And if you and if you ever get a chance to read, like, up on, I'm, I'm sure you guys heard Don Higgins. Um, if you ever get a chance to read up on him, you know, what he's done, you know, as, as a hunter for deer and, and, you know, he, and he's, I think pretty sure he was born and raised in Illinois. Um, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure he is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's from Illinois and that's where this is. And it's an Illinois based company. Oh, it was I developed see. in Illinois. So, you know, if you get a chance to read up on him, you know, he's, you know, I think he's probably one of the only people that, uh, has, a business, you know, he does do, you know, custom where he would do like the, 
you know, come in and change your farm around, but he's very select on who he does that for. Yeah. Um, but he's probably one of the only guys I've seen that's actually, that does, you know, selling food, makes his own seed, you know, all this stuff and has killed multiple 200 inch deer. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, it's, it's right there in, in black and white. I mean, when you can kill 200 inch deer, you know, <laughs> I think on, you know what you're doing. On the food plots that you're planting too in daylight. Yeah. You know I mean? On the seeds that you're, yeah. pr- you're, you're producing and planting, you know, and if you watch, if you get a chance, um, the buck he killed this year, I can't, I can't remember the name of it, but if you ever get a chance, it, I think the, the video is on their website and it's a really cool watch because how a person can ever pass on 180 inch deer is beyond me, but he did like multiple times the year before he shot this deer and it'd be in 200 inch. I think his name was Smokey called the deer, deer Smokey or something. Yeah. So that's what kind of drove me to be like, you know what? I'm going to go with this, you know? And after playing the bedding in a bag and then seeing the results we saw this year with what we did, you know, it's a no brainer for me. Yeah. I, I definitely believe you there. He's, he's putting out some quality stuff. He's shooting monster deer. So he definitely knows what he's got going on. And then, like you said, if 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 you've found a product that you know works and you can represent it, I don't blame you at all. Because oh yeah, I'm a big believer. in once you find something that works for you, just to stick with it, something that well, you not and, and you know another thing, another thing I didn't hit on is I've never you know talk about guys that I mean I've talked to Kevin, he's the co-owner. I've talked to him, and, you know he'd take the time out of the day to talk to me. I'm just I'm just a you know hillbilly Illinois hillbilly that's you know likes to hunt deer. But to take the time, I mean, he's busier than hell, and me and him talked for half an hour when I was talking about becoming a dealer. You know, they take the time, and then uh, another guy um, who helped me, he's like, he's in part charge of like their field staff is Terry Peer, and I mean, I had conversations with those guys, and they're like, listen, if you don't know something, and somebody asks you, give them our give them our contact, give us give us give them our email address, you know, direct them towards the website, have them contact us, you know. They're there. They want everybody to be informed. You know, it's not like an exclusive, you know, like we're not going to tell you our secrets kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, super cool that they're helpful. We've we've met a lot of people out there that are like that. You know, they're like, if anybody's got any questions, don't, you know, they give your their personal number out and they're like, yeah, you know, yeah. here, you know, let, you know, if you got a question, you call me personally and, and go from there. So, you know, you're working with a, a legit person when they do that and they're not sending you to, someone else and then they send you no, to this no, person yeah. say, you know you talk to 47 people yeah to try to <laughs> yeah exactly but. and and you know and, and that's like you know i talked to kevin and he's like you know we're during you know they've grown so much in the last couple of years you know and you know he's like we're kind of like playing catch up you know we didn't think that this was going to be this big you know but i think that they're the way that they i guess sell it which they don't really have to sell it just the way that they are and how you know, helpful they are, you know, it sells itself. So. Yeah, I can definitely tell it's, it's, it's awesome product the way you're talking about it. I'm, I'm probably going to, I know homie, you're going to check some of it out this year, aren't you? I'm definitely going to try. And I, and I don't think an an honest, an honest opinion, you know, when you start talking money, you know, cause you know, it hunting, we all know we're hunters, everything's expensive from your bow to your arrows, to your boots, to your everything, you know, and then you start throwing food plots on top of you like, Oh my God, you know, but you know, I think about like the implements and stuff and the tractors, you know, my little tractor I bought, you know, 
I use them not for just food plots. So it's like, you know, it's an investment, you know, it's not stuff that's going to be, you know, gone in a day, but with the food plot seed, their prices aren't ridiculous. You know, you're talking about if you plant a, a, an acre of bedding in a bag at $120, if you get it established and you do it right, that's going to be there for 10, 15 years. That's deer bedding for 10 or 15 years, you know? Yeah. So you're going to get your money's worth when you, when yeah, you think about it like that. You're talking $10 a year there. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like, I spend okay, that at a case. I waste, <laughs> I waste way more money than that. Yeah, sure. Well, we appreciate but, you coming on Logan. We're, uh, we're going to, we want to figure out or let, let the people know how to contact you. So go ahead and, uh, let them know where they can find you. Maybe Instagram to check out some so, of the food plots and, and maybe a phone number. So, yeah. So if, if, uh, if you guys, I need to figure out my Instagram. Um, <laughs> I forgot my name, <laughs> but, uh, my phone number is a, uh, eight one five And, uh, if you want to email me, my email is, Logan two five zero zero at AOL.com. But another good tool, you know, if you're in my area, that's great, but go on, uh, real world wildlife products.com and go to their dealer locator. If you're looking for seed, you're going to find a dealer that's within driving distance. So, and definitely call them before you just show up because it does have our addresses on there. So, don't just show up to somebody's house and be like, I need some seed. Because <laughs> they might not be there. I got your uh, Instagram, Logan underscore Sellers 89. That's it. And is that that is that you in those short shorts? Uh-oh. No, that is not me. Oh, that's man. Lowell. That's, that's Lowell who shot the, that's Lowell who shot the eight-pointer. Will you tell him he's rocking those? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he made the mistake of pulling a knife out and had a hole in his pocket. Well, so. I'm telling you what, if uh, Dude, if if pull he's it up, pull if, it up, pull if he's it up. planting food plots and that, he's coming coming to my oh, property dear. all day. <laughs> there has to be a There's 180 on that plot. Yeah, yeah. Can you see? He's like everybody, look at this idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 180 guaranteed on that plot right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you planted it in that, you're shooting a 180. I'm calling it out right now. <laughs> that is sick. I, you know what? And I, it's funny because after he shot that deer, I said, "You do know after you shot a deer up there, I'm gonna." put your ass to work so i'm actually going to request the short shorts now yes you so, have to yeah that's a that's mandatory killer we'll be sending you guys pictures <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah you got my number now one thing we like to say out here is uh we love making connections to this podcast so if you shot one let us know because i get pumped up about that stuff and it and it yep. lets me get out there so we appreciate awesome. you coming on, man. And, yeah, thank uh, you, guys. It was a great time, man. We're going to cut off here. Just to our listeners, like we always say, we love you. I can't believe you guys are still listening to us, but we're <laughs> going to keep sending it. Uh, keep hitting that play button. Whitetail Legacy out.